0: Is revolting with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent episode 69? Nice, the lightning round.
1: The show is called revolting for a reason. If you have delicate sensibilities or you're afflicted with some terminal case of maturity, you should not listen to this podcast. Uh, it's a good bet you won't like it, you know. And uh, so I, w- I was listening to whatever the newest, um, the newest episode. Is and I didn't make mention. I feel like we should squeeze in somewhere, at some point in every episode, that the music is provided by Who Rides the Tiger, a song called Bandini Mountain, which I think is Bandini. I think that's like a a mountain of shit. Is <laughs> that right? I I
0: don't know. I googled um, it at some point. But that sounds probable. Yeah. Um. Y- yes, I say very very often. In fact, I was. I was listening Oh I was just checking that the podcast was up last week uh because technical things aren't our forte and I will check up on us and so I was there with my wife and the music came on and every time the music comes on that I'm with someone else I'm like our podcast you know is probably in the top 10 podcasts ever <laughs> but but our our music is clearly number one
1: yes i i agree i mean i the music music and the soundtrack and the, and the the engineering and everything it really makes a podcast you know and it's funny because yeah. it's podcasts are like old-timey radio shows and sometimes they even have you know storytelling and they say uh and and you know it's so and so walked into the room and then they have somebody there with a the table and shoes like making oh, the walk yeah. into the room sounds but uh it's it's something that kind of um I don't know it's a good anchor i i feel like
0: i i think so (laughs) Uh, and now that you've said that i want to get a table with little sound effect things so that when you're telling a story i can be (laughs) like
2: i can be making all the little
0: noises i mean Uh, most of your stories will be punctuated by
1: (laughs) lots of things falling off the table the slide whistle just use a slide whistle for everything
0: Uh, my son owns a slide whistle Uh, after he got his bank account, when he became a big boy and got his first bank account. The first thing he did was buy a slide whistle online.
1: (laughs) There's a good episode of SpongeBob's SquarePants where Patrick and SpongeBob get slide whistles and, (laughs) uh, and hilarity ensues. Mr. Krabs is not a fan.
0: Yeah, we were a bit we had a good laugh about the slide whistle when it arrived, but on day three, we were also <laughs> <laughs> less amused.:
1: Oh, you should track that episode down. It is probably pretty relatable for you.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Uh, OK, let's uh we got so we're doing a totally different format this week instead of like having some questions we've got uh we're just firing a bunch of random questions at each other it's the lightning round this was robots idea and i feel like we have a lot to get through so for the sake of expeditiousness yeah let's, uh, let's get into the music picks do a word from our sponsor and then start firing um, away m- machine gunning these all of these what i'm sure are just absolute bursts of inspiration at one another okay I, okay. I mean I like your go-get-it-ness we are <clears throat> recording
0: on a Monday everyone should know we're recording on a Monday instead of our normal Tuesday
1: holy shit that's right we are it is Monday today isn't it I was just so I was so eager I, I didn't know what questions to ask and then I started writing and I couldn't stop and I came up with tons that I think are pretty good maybe but I was really eager to record the other day. I was feeling good physically. I was feeling pretty sharp mentally. And now today, I don't have either of those things going for me.
0: <laughs> you, you, I know you're trying to uh, get us to move along, but I think it, we should pause briefly to hear the story of you having broken yourself again.
1: I just fell down skateboarding. I've already, like, droned on. endlessly about this on various channels of the internet but I it was just it was such a dumb it was such a dumb fall Um, uh, the sun came out and I wanted to go skateboarding and it's been a little while and so I went to this one spot that I usually like it's just kind of a little place that I hide away and there's a curb and it's nice you know black top and it's got pretty good sun exposure and, um, so I went there and there was of course like moss and mud that had collected in the corner between where the blacktop meets the pavement of the curb. And I was like, man, I need a broom. Like I need to, and then I looked just as I'm thinking this, I look over and there's a fire extinguisher about 20 yards away from me. I thought, no way there's a fucking random broom just laying there. So I went over, picked that up, cleaned it. You know, got rid of the moisture as best I could. Um, Rub brick the curb because it is always in the sun. So, any silicone spray or any wax or anything that, that I put on there, because I'm the only person who skates there, it kind of tends to uh, degrade during the all of the weeks of uh, direct sun exposure. So, <clears throat> I clean it up and I'm just like ready to go. I'm just kind of pushing around and kind of warming up. I stretch and stuff. And I, and I like, literally been, I've been at the spot for, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been, like, riding a skateboard. I've been standing, pushing, rolling around on the skateboard for, like, 90 seconds. No exaggeration. And I fucking hit a pebble. And I went straight <laughs> down, like, straight into my, I couldn't, I didn't roll out of it. I didn't, I just went straight to my side. But my couldn't arm Couldn't get was, your hand
0: out. In front my of arm
1: me. was, and I think my left wrist is pretty blown, so I'm constantly, like, I'm kind of doing, you know, evasive maneuvers, like, not yeah. directly to my hands, but I kind of roll out of stuff. But I just went straight. My bicep, like, went into my rib cage, um, and I I don't know. I thought I knocked the wind out of myself, but then it turns out that I may have separated some ribs. I'm in <laughs> an extraordinary amount of pain right now.
0: Yes. Before we started recording, we were—Stevel has sandwiched himself into his small closet as— uh is his custom and then we were uh guessing that maybe he won't be able to get out and his front door is locked so he can't even door dash food into the closet yeah
1: i'm gonna die so this in may here. be
0: the last we hear from him this may be his last creative output i'm
1: gonna die in here for sure let let's check tre- let's cherish this everyone <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right music picks yes Go, you got it. We we kind of uh, we we're sort of on the same page again this week.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. Um yeah. I have opted for another true classic, which is Drive Like Jehu's Yank Crime Record, and I I feel like so Drive Like Jehu arrived, and the first time I heard them, I was like, "What the hell is this?" So because. Good. What is this music that they have made? <clears throat> and then the second time I he- I heard them, I was like, "Oh, now I understand completely that they understand music on a deeper, better level than I do and I should just shut up and listen." And then I listened to the the first record so many times. I think the first record came out in 91 and this and this one Yank Crime came out in 94 and it was just not... I just couldn't stop listening to it. It's got so many great, 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 great songs. hmm And I love Drive Like Jehu so much that when Rocket from the Crypt, your favorite band, I think... One, uh, right, right up there, yep. Yeah, right up there. When they formed and John Reese was like, I'm gonna be doing this, I was like, well, now I don't like Rocket from the Crypt because you broke up... Drive Lake Jehu, which, which is not true. That's not how it worked. Mm-mm. But that's it how was, much I love Drive Lake Jehu.
1: And, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's they sh- share members. No, it's Mark Trombino and um, uh, Rick Froberg, Froberg. John yeah. Reese, and another person whose name I can't remember. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Um, But then it was John Reese and a whole bunch of other people who were also in uh, Rocket from the Crypt. And so there was, you know, like, it is that guy's just so prolific. And and, uh, Drive Like Jehu was formed after uh, another band called Pitchfork. And that was, uh, I mean, it's just like the lineage, the family tree there in San Diego is pretty wild. Um, and I said, and I mean, the first record is amazing, and and Yank Yank Crime is amazing, and I think the Yank Crime recording sessions they did a seven inch, and I could be completely out of my mind, um, uh, and not have any of the the uh, uh, timeline correct on this, but I think uh, they did a seven inch called Bullet Train to Vegas, yes, uh, which is real good, which then inspired another band, and I believe they're from Australia called Bullet Train to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yes. drive like massively
0: influential. And I picked this record because I think drive like Jay, who is massively influential, but not nobody thinks or talks about them now. Mm -hmm. Unless they're our age and we're there for the first. But I feel like drive like Jay, who is not like that wire pink flag record I picked whenever that was. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a record that's hugely influential that a lot of people aren't aware was, you know, this turning point
1: um it'll be interesting to see what happens like how that band is recognized or how that band is viewed in you know as the years go by provided we you know make it on this planet another 20 years it'll be interesting to see what people think like what young musicians think of of drive like jay you know in 10 years from now or 10 10 years from now
0: if anything <clears throat> at all
1: yeah, if anything I agree completely, maybe, maybe not
0: in, in doing a little bit of research for this. Uh, I was reminded that I don't, uh, so drive like Jehu is called post hardcore, mm-hmm. that's what it was. That's it's assigned genre. I don't do the assignment, so I don't know if I, I would call it noise rock. Uh, but what I learn over and over again is that I don't like any music. But I like the post version of almost everything.
1: <laughs> it was like the the the, ba- the cake came out of the oven half baked. And yeah. then the post version is when it went back into the oven for an additional 15 minutes. That's what you like.
0: That's what I really like. Like, um, I like I kind of like hardcore. Hardcore is fine. But post hardcore, I really like.
1: Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think isn't quicksand considered post hardcore? It is because it is. everybody in the band was in. Ever. They were yeah. in hardcore bands. I mean, that yeah. would. I don't know. Maybe the people in Drive Like Jehu were in hardcore bands, but before Pitchfork, because Pitchfork wasn't. That would also be considered post-hardcore, I think, though it was a little more melodic. Yeah, Drive Like Jehu I- is just fierce. Like I never got the opportunity to see them in their, in their heyday they would play a week after I left Oakland to go to Colorado. And then they'd play a week after I left Colorado to go back to Oakland. And this happened like three or four times. Yeah. Never got an opportunity to see them back then.
0: Yeah. I would, I didn't see them either. um, Which I don't know how I didn't see them. Um, But yeah, I like, I like music that um, gets invented and then someone says, you know what, let's have another little think about this. Maybe this could be better. And then I like what they make next.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, so, what's your pick this week? Uh, Sultans, which is oh. another one of John Reese's bands. Um, the uh, the record is uh, Shipwrecked. They had two, and I think mm-hmm. it's John, the John Reese uh, Mario Rubicaba, I believe. You know, he was the previous drummer in Off. He's in Earthless. He's in Rocket from the Crypt. He's you know former professional skateboarder. Mm-hmm. The guy's got a lot of talent. Um, and then John Reese's brother Dean hmm. uh, and I think it's three piece maybe it's I can't fuck dude I don't you know you just
0: named like six guys so
1: I don't know it's <laughs> maybe um, they
0: stand on each other's shoulders like a like a like two kids trying to pretend to be an adult with an overcoat
1: I saw them a few years ago and I think there were three people anyway I've been listening to I go through f- sort of waves and um where it's all I want to listen to and then and then it goes away and then I listen to the Night Marchers and Night Marchers oh, is another yeah. John Reese band and then i and then I put it away and I listen to a bunch of other stuff and then I kind of like circle around and then that's all I want to listen to again uh so that's my pick this week
0: so we both have John Reese bands as, uh, for our pick this week. And it's worth saying that John Reese may have the highest project to success ratio of any musician. Like I, I there's, a mus- yeah, there's a
2: lot of, It's unreal.
0: there's a lot of musicians, individual people that I really like, and they do multiple projects and I like one of them or yeah. two of the projects, but everything John Reese plays in on
1: around near it's fucked up back off cupids was one thing that he did that i was like eh, that's cool i mean it was a you know a, a departure from the stuff that he usually does but, but like mm. his rock and roll stuff he just has it on lock it's really uh kind of like what is this sorcery how can yeah. you how can you do so many things that are so appealing to me and, you know yes. m- my my aesthetic, yeah, pretty pretty bananas, yeah. Uh, so okay, we got uh we got some good we got some good shit, um, we got some good shit this week. And again, I should also mention that if anybody's interested, uh, we have a compiled list of all of the music picks for the last sixty nine, almost 70 it It'll probably be like seventy two weeks. Uh, or have, have most of them on yep. uh, on a post on all yeah, the black market, and that can be found over in the little banner ads to the right, uh, revolting music picks or something. So, yep. if you're interested, get cracking.
0: Crack a lacking. Okay, right. um, <clears throat> This episode. Let's take a, what, let's what is take this a brief. Episode? We're gonna pause. Don't start oh, reading that
1: shit yet. I just went right for it, didn't I?
0: You went right for it. You are so. Uh, you took some podcast Viagra this morning. I'm focused. Yeah.
2: All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
1: Oh, hey, it's story time with Steve. About three years ago, Shimano tapped me to join a group of people they were calling the Gravel Alliance. Essentially, this was a group of people who were going to ride and test the GRX gravel group. We're going to do races around the country and rides and have light influence on design and engineering and research and development tweaks that needed to be done before it went to market. Uh, on the surface, this was just an opportunity to ride bikes and to meet this amazing group of personalities and even to take a peek behind the curtain and learn a little bit more about Shimano as a company. Uh, but on the underneath... I learned more about myself and my own self-worth than I could have ever hoped for. Uh, the whole thing was really brilliant, and I understand that's not exactly what they had in mind when they asked me to sign on, but uh, that was a byproduct, and I will forever be in Shimano's debt because of it. That was right, that. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we had a little glitch in the matrix there for a little while, and we Shimano, who has been exceedingly supportive, weirdly supportive of this shit show. Um, <laughs> we got, we lost contact with the mothership for a little while and they circled back around and I can't say how much I appreciate their appreciation. It's, it's well, it's wild, right? I mean, Shimano doesn't, Shimano doesn't fuck around with, they don't have step anything. And then all they're doing is they're sullying their stellar reputation with us. <laughs>
0: i wrote them an email i don't know a couple months ago and i was like hey guys just just want to check in i'm i'm sure revolting isn't what you thought you signed up for
1: (laughs) it's true i i think i did too i maybe asked you know like are you guys mad at us yes Uh, and it's understandable if you are i mean i get it but I just. Yes,
0: we've associated your massive, multinational, <laughs> super successful, highly buttoned up operation <laughs> with a couple of dickheads running a vegetable cart on the street side in a city no one's ever been to.
1: I wanted to apologize, if anything, you know, just say, like, sure, I sure appreciate your support and um, I'm sorry <laughs> for, for everything. Yeah. Uh, but.
0: Can we, we can, we can call Uh, shout out, uh, Liz Ashley, right?
1: Yeah. she's. I crazy. just did.
0: Yeah. Liz sent me a nice letter back saying, no, we, we love the. We're down for, we're, she, I don't, I don't know what her exact words were, but they were like, we're down with the sickness. And I was it's like, it's crazy. I wanted to just hug the whole company. She's I just like, I wanted
1: to give them a hug. She's like the, she's like the house mother, yeah. you know, like no matter what the kids do, she's like, Oh, well there are a bunch of. You know, ruffians or ne'er-do-wells, but they have good hearts. Love she, the little
0: scamps is what they are.
1: Yeah, she sees the good in us, and I, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, let's, get after, let's get after this. This episode is like a regular episode, but even more so, if you can imagine. Normally, we have a few questions written up to keep us from wandering too far off topic, which rarely happens. No. We're always these off are topic. Focused. Yeah. Today, there's no topic just questions, random questions. Uh, And we'll go back and forth with our questions until it's time to quit. Uh, If your favorite part of the show that, that we have here is the, would you rather the lighting round is probably going to be for you, but uh, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. And we haven't seen one another's questions. We don't even have a whisper of an idea about what we're going to be talking about today.
0: That's right. That's right. And, and, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't feeling slightly competitive. I was working on my questions and I was like, I'm going to write better questions than Steve all. And I was
2: like, (laughs) it's a good bet."
0: (laughs) Um, and then I actually wrote, I wrote 20 questions and, but they all came out all at once. So I'm not sure that they're good.
1: Yeah, I've got, I mean, I got some would-you-rathers, and then I got some just randoms. So I suppose, well, and yeah, and then I found one on the internet, which is pretty good, too, oh. that I'm going to throw in the mix. But I, I don't know. I got word association. I got all kinds of shit going on. All here. right. Well, let's, let's jump right in. Do you want to go first? Sure. Corey Haim or Corey Feldman? Oh. Um,
2: Gosh. feldman oh you're the worst i think he's fucked up
1: uh <laughs> well I hate something him. there's something about i don't know it's, it's I, the first time i saw him was on the leave it to beaver remake and he was like three years old and i was uh-huh. like i fucking hate that kid <laughs> like I, he's always yeah. yeah he's always bothered me to, for to of like to an unreasonable degree
0: I think he's really, I picked him because I find him very grating and uncomfortable. Okay. Corey Haim is like, um, he's uh, he's like the River Phoenix of the Phoenix brothers. You know what I mean? He's like sort of quieter and a little bit elusive. And like, I actually think he's probably cooler, but I picked Feldman because I just think he's fucked up.
1: Well, like River Phoenix, he's also dead. So, yeah, yes. Uh, in in uh, the Lost Boys, there's a scene where he's in the bathtub washing his hair and he's singing. Yeah. And I, I always thought that scene was really funny. And so uh-huh. I was like, you know, from that point forward, I used to be friends with this guy named Michael, <clears throat> who, uh, incidentally, his brother was the singer in Stone Temple Pilots. But Michael uh-huh. and I were, we were thick for a couple of years. They, he had moved uh, from Southern California with his family and Scott had stayed behind to pursue. Uh, music with a uh, horribly mediocre band. Yes. And uh, focus on his heroin addiction. Yeah. Michael, on the other hand, came to Colorado and we became very good friends. Um, but he told me that at one point Mickey Rourke had opened a restaurant or a cafe or something, and all these stars and and notables were hanging out there. And then Corey Feldman and Corey Haim started hanging out there, and he was so put off he just closed the business. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was amazing uh, i don't know if it's, i don't know if there's any truth to it but i like that story okay Corey right. feldman you're gonna go with Corey feldman uh,
0: well i feel kind of dumb about it now but i mean the you know that die is cast and this is the lightning round so we got to keep going okay you go uh, uh you can snap your fingers and know one new skate trick what do you choose
1: Hmm. Uh
0: I'm not
1: falling down. Yeah, well that was my, that was the first thing that I thought of. I would probably say uh, I don't know. just a kickflip. Kickflips are kickflips yep. are super foundational. Um I've been, you know, sort of trying them for now for like 30 years. I can land with my front foot on, I can land with my back foot on. I don't think I've never landed one like perfectly and I'll try one, you know, a couple of times and then a few months will go by and then I'll try it again a couple of times. So I haven't been trying, I haven't been working really hard on a cake flip. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, that seems like a kind of a fun, kind of a fun trick to do. Don't go yeah. With that.
0: Yeah. I think that's the right. A-
1: I thought that was the right answer
0: when I wrote the question. Um, because it's just the be, best trick.
1: It'd be funny to say like, Oh, you know, a, uh, a McTwist. Yeah. Because that's you know, but like like you know, I can't I can barely skate down the street without falling and hurting myself horribly. Yeah. But the other thing I know how to do is well, like one of the hardest ramp tricks or seven twenty. Yeah. You know, what, or whatever, what do you do? Uh,
0: I grind curbs and do seven twenty McTwists. <laughs> that's 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 all I got.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, okay. Mmm. I would also say a front like a front side sweeper. Like a proper front side sweeper. That's actually I would do I would learn one of those over uh a cake flip. On transition or on a parking block or whatever. I just think they're the coolest fucking trick and I can't do a proper one. So I'm gonna say frontside sweeper. Oh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do not- uh, you know how when people do cyclocross remounts and they do the little hop before they get back on the saddle and it just looks like shit? Yeah. You're supposed to go right to the saddle. Yeah. Um, my front side sweeper is ha, there's an additional step in there, and I think it looks dumb, but it's the only way I know how to do them. Right. Okay, so that's what. I, no, fuck the kickflip. I don't care about those. Frontside sweeper. A proper frontside sweeper. All right. Uh, okay, moshing or slam dancing.
0: Oh, slam dancing.
1: That's right. There's no other answer. That's a trick question because <laughs> there's one right answer, <laughs> and it's I, not moshing.
0: I don't know where the term moshing came from, and I don't, I don't get aggro with people if they use it. I just feel I, like I, moshing is I
1: just look at them super disappointedly.
0: <laughs> I feel like it's an MTV word. I feel like MTV discovered slam dancing and was like, what is this? We're going to, you know.
1: I think it was metal influence. At first, Anthrax was the first band I ever heard refer to slam dancing as moshing, so I thought it was like an East Coast metal thing.
0: I mean, maybe it is. I associate anthrax with a lot of bad things.
1: Yeah. Scott Ian did have that Judge Dredd guitar, custom Judge Dread guitar, though, and that was fucking rad. Um, that reminds me,
0: my friend Mike has a, a wrestling character that he's re- ready to unleash on the world called Judge Mental.
1: Hmm. Okay. Even yeah. lightning
0: round, we can't stay
1: on topic. Uh, no, okay. Back. Um, is it my turn? No, it's your turn. No.
0: You can go back in time and see one band in their prime. Who is it?
1: Ooh. Uh, There's a correct answer to this question also. Oh, Bad Brains. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah Bad Brains in 1982. <laughs>
0: that's right. Yeah. That's correct. Okay.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, name of the person uh, with whom you lost your virginity, and are you still friends?
0: Uh, Her name is Kelly. And we are friends. Um, Like, we don't um, interact very much, but we have certainly connected as
1: adults. Um, And she's super cool. That's nice. That's good. That was also the right answer. Shout out to Kelly. Shout out to Kelly. I Uh, really
0: hope she doesn't listen to this. It says something about her life that I don't think she listens to this. Maybe she does. Yeah. All right. Would you rather have to eat all your meals in under 90 seconds? So that's, th- <laughs> that's three meals a day. <laughs> no snacking in between. <laughs> or cut off one of your toes at the end of every year until you're out of toes.
1: Oh, uh, I'll, eat, I'll eat. I'll eat pretty quick anyway. <laughs> uh, my friend Sarah, who actually gave me the Steve L. Knievel moniker way back in the way back. She used to talk about how uh, bad messengering was for dietary practices. Yeah, because you would you would like between tags you would. I could literally eat a super burrito in like forty five seconds because you had to get it. <laughs> to get back on the road. I think it would probably be. I'd eat smaller meals. I would. I'm sure I would lose a bunch of weight, which you know, I could stand to lose a little bit of weight. Uh, I I would go. Yeah, I'd go with the 90 second meals over. I need my toes. My toes. Keep me mostly upright.
0: Yeah. As a would you rather. I I, as I said, I dashed all these off and as a would you rather. I don't think this is that strong because the obvious answer is the 90 second meals. But I was so captivated. I was watching one of my (laughs) kids eat and I was like, what if every he was eating something he didn't like? And I was like, just slam it. Just just get it down. And then I was like, what if every meal you ate was like an eating contest? (laughs) And I got really hung up on that idea.
1: Oh, that's funny. That's super funny. Um, Okay. Favorite to least favorite. And why is kind of extraneous, but we can throw the why in there uh, as well. Uh, 1960s Batman. I think it's called Batman 69, I suppose, is... I don't know what what it's referred to as, as opposed to all of the other Batmans that have happened in the interim. So, Batman 69, Star Trek, Wild Wild West, Get Smart, Lost in Space. So, you want favorite to least favorite? Yep. So, favorite is Batman.
0: 60s Batman. You and I have talked about this before. I I loved 60s Batman. When I was a kid, it was my absolute favorite thing, and... I it was my favorite thing before I understood how television worked. And so I would turn on the TV and Batman would be on. I'd be like, oh, my God, Batman is on. But I didn't know that shows were on at specific times. Mm -hmm. So for probably a solid year, I would just all the time sneak up on the TV and turn it on and be like, I hope Batman's on. Ah, no, Batman. Turn it off again.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it really it really is really super good. The first time I ever saw it was the Batman movie, uh, you know, starring Burt Ward and Adam West. And I remember it was uh, there's a scene in a conference room and it was the same thing. Like I just happened onto this thing and was immediately just like, <laughs> like, like, like drunk. And yes. we were in San Francisco and I was six, I think. And my parents are like, let's go. We're going to go see the city and I, and I didn't want to leave. No yeah. dice. I got to yeah. see how this I got to see how this plays out. I was fucking stoked, like drunk on it.
0: Oh, absolutely. It was like, wait, comic books can be real? It just mm-hmm. was a total brain breaker. Yeah. I can't believe this. Uh and we both have Batman records as some of our first records. Mm-hmm. And that's got all the like Foley artist sound effect shit in it too, which is yeah. awesome.
1: Oh, I love that record. I used to play it in daycare, and uh, and the and Joanna White would dance to the Batman music, and I was like, "Stop it, stop! It. <laughs> this is serious." I, I would get mad when she would dance, like she wouldn't, she wasn't taking, she wasn't like really, uh, in, uh, you know, engaging in the experience of this record that I was yeah. playing for them.
0: Settle down, Batman on. Um, Settle down, Joanna. S- so what else have I got? I've got oh, uh, so I've got sixties uh, Batman. And then I'm going to go, are we talking about original Star Trek?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All of the, like, you know, 60, early, late sixties, early seventies versions of these oh. shows.
0: All right. I'm going to, well, I'm going to go get smart next. I thought get smart was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I like original Star Trek. I'm not a, tr- a tre- I don't really, I'm not a Star Trek guy. I don't follow them. I don't really know who the characters are after the first one, but I love the first one. Um and then there was what Wild Wild West and what else?
1: Lost in Space.
0: Oh shit. Okay, no, Lost in Space goes after
2: Batman. Then Get Smart. Then Star Trek, then Wild Wild West.
1: Okay. Did I, I would get it say, right? <clears throat> mm, for you. Yeah. Uh, I'd say Batman, Wild Wild West is real, real close. Like okay. real close. I yeah. love the old Robert Conrad. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a man crush that burned as brightly as my man crush on 60's era Robert Conrad does. All right. Um, and plus I liked all of the Artemis Gordon had all the cool like tech like mech stuff, and there was like cool inventions, and the bad guys were really really bad. Like they I were never some, watched some it. dark shit.
0: I never watched it, and so that's the only reason. Like, I may have loved it, but I just am not familiar with it.
1: Okay. I don't know why. Um, uh, yeah, so I'd say Batman Wild Wild West, Get Smart, Star Trek Lost in Space.
2: Okay. I mean, not, Lost.
1: That, not that you asked.
0: No, I love it, though.
1: That's great. Um, so, uh, yeah, okay. Your turn.
0: In the bike industry, what single person has had the biggest influence on you?
2: Mm. One person. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, this
1: mm. is this
0: is this is your um, salutary bike content, listeners, who think this is a cycling podcast.
1: Oh man, I mean, there been there have been so many. Um, but I wow. would say in terms of like where I am professionally, and and yep. <clears throat> the and the like the art of the written word. Uh, Mike Ferentino.
0: All right. Mike Ferentino yeah. who when you said you should come on our podcast was like, I've heard it. Nah, I'm I've all listened set. to it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't think that he'll hear this, but um <laughs> uh, you know, but like my my friends, you know, like like frame builders, fucking Sky Jaeger, uh Ross Schaefer, um Jeff Holt roscop
2: yeah uh i oh, jesus uh jeff
1: reniker j mac uh antonio colombo but the answer is indir- mike
2: ferentino ind-
1: indirectly but yeah like i would i mean so many so many parkin jesus so there's been so many people who've been super influential but i would say because I didn't know Mike, and I loved reading what he wrote, like what he the things that he wrote in the grimy handshake in bike magazine early on and and the California bicyclists before that um were so funny, and it made me really engage uh like uh people who were writers in in bike media were I didn't think they were very interesting, none of it was very interesting to me, and his writing was the first thing that really captivated me.
0: All right. I like that. So, Tribute to um, Shout out to Mike Ferentino, who won't come on our, who's too good for our <laughs> podcast.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, I don't know if listeners can hear, but the UPS guy has pulled up out truck, uh, uh, up out front in his truck and is kicking out some real jams. There might be some background music for that section of the podcast, but
1: all right. Uh, your turn. Uh, if you had to choose between kids, pop covers, And drum and bass to listen to the remainder of your years on Earth. Oh. In what way would you kill yourself? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) A little twist.
0: Yeah, I like that that curveball at the end there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would kill myself in the way that I intend to kill myself one day. And I don't mean to be flippin' about suicide, but... Uh, there's been a lot of death happening in and around my life lately. And one of the common themes and one of the things that I talk about with people is that at some point I will reach a a, a place where I'm not really a functional human anymore. Like I don't want to be the guy that sits in a chair and stares out the window uh, because, and and like wears a diaper forever. And if there are people who are looking forward to that time in their life, I'm not trying to yuck your yum. I'm just saying that someday probably like the last day I'm capable. What I really want is to buy a brand new triumph Bonneville and jump it off a cliff into the ocean.
1: Okay. And I did, I, yeah, I, uh, wasn't thinking when I wrote that question. Um, but I, but I mean, it was, I didn't mean like actually literally (laughs) ending one slide, but those two forms of music are just the worst things in the world. So, uh, then I threw this little dark curveball on, and it's, I'm not making light of suicide. And uh, I do have a way of, um, of uh, sort of using sort of dark humor to color things that I'm otherwise uncomfortable with or have experience with. And, and you are
0: uncomfortable with kids, Bob. I understand.
1: My, my <laughs> uh, you know friends who have killed themselves uh, and my own history with suicidal ideation... Um, uh, it's, a it's, a kind of a tough pill for me to swallow. So that was, you know, my apologies. I appreciate uh, everything you
0: just said there. And I agree, but I also hold firmly to the idea that if you're not laughing, you're crying and I would mm-hmm. much rather be laughing. So uh, I take those you. things seriously. And, you know, uh, if you, if you're in a bad place, get help. Call, call us up. I don't know. Like, you know, I do take those things seriously, but also we have to be able to laugh about these
1: things because otherwise I, I agree. So yeah. we're well, taking that out of the question. Kids, pop covers or drum and bass.
0: Oh, drum and bass. But
1: I hate them both so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you want to be turn. poked in the eye or punched
1: in the nose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Have you had a good life?
1: I think so. I mean, highs and lows for sure. And, um, you know, like I've said, maybe on this podcast, I've been thinking about the term or the phrase a lot is that comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Uh, Comparatively, you know, my life has been, I've had a couple of spans, a couple of really, really good runs though. And, you know, I'm not super psyched right now, but and maybe it'll come back around but yeah i think so i think i've done right by the people around me i think i've been a good son i've been a good brother been a good husband i've been a good friend and you know and like whatever the next chapter is i i hope that i continue to like do the best that i can i think you're doing great (laughs) thanks yeah doing great oh thanks great yeah uh let's see okay oh some more bike content oh sweet sick you get to keep all of your bikes and give up your favorite one or give up your favorite bikes and keep all the others
2: I'm gonna give up my favorite and keep the others because
0: I have a lot of really dope bikes (laughs) yeah I don't actually, I don't have that many, you know, for a bike door. Like I have fewer bikes now than I had 10 years ago and 20 years ago. I have fewer bikes and I worked for a custom bike builder, uh, that made beautiful bikes for me. So I have, I have, uh, three of those that are just, I mean, I could want nothing more from a road bike or a gravel bike or a hardtail. Um, so yeah, I would. I'm gonna make the choice, and that's seven cycles. I should give them props. Um, I would keep those, or as many of those as I could, because, I mean, they're perfect. What about you?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've had to give up over the last couple of years. I had to give up a number of bikes that I absolutely adored, <clears throat> but then it turns out that the bikes. I did keep at least a couple of the bikes I did keep are absolutely the, the best things I have in my life, you know, yeah. physical things. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably keep, I would keep my favorite and give everything else up, but picking a favorite of the few that I have remaining would be really hard. Yeah. Okay. Good question. I Thanks. like it.
0: Would you rather be famous or physically crippled in some way?
1: Oh, I feel like fame is, is 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 a physical. It's physically incapacitating. Yeah. But um, uh, I guess. Oh, I guess I'd take fame over physical incapacitation. Oh, but interesting. But not. I mean, but reluctantly.
0: A hard one, right?
1: It is a hard one. I thought you were going to say, Would you rather be famous or rich? And I'd take rich over fame, or wealth well, that, over fame. Yeah, that's
0: obvious. Any day I of think. the
1: week. Yeah. But fame just seems like fame seems like such a albatross.
2: Yeah. It's an affliction.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> like, clearly, we are, we have achieved degrees of fame even through this podcast that we never thought possible. <laughs> And it's it's a heavy, it's a heavy <laughs> load to to carry.
0: Yeah, I'm out in the streets, and uh, you know people are yelling at me. Hey, would you rather suck my dick or? I know. Yeah.
1: I my know. kids. You can. You can it's <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. You can only have so many random pairs of panties thrown at you in a day. You know before you just are like, hey, I am having brunch with my parents here. Like, yeah. Just step back. Give me some breathing room. Yeah. Uh, was that okay? Uh, did you ever see the episode of Andy Griffith? Uh, that Barbara Eden was on? Is this your lightning round question, or is this a diet? No, I was just curious. (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember it. Uh, Barbara Eden,
1: she's like 21 at this point. Uh, she's just that's not legal, dazzling. And see, she came. She came to Mayberry and like it, it just it ruined everything. She she showed up and destroyed everyone's realities. Yeah, uh, it's a funny it's a funny episode. But yeah, she was my godmother's daughter. I remember when I was growing up, my godmother's daughter Linda. She she looked like Barbara Eden, and it, like she would like we go walk around. She'd buy me like candy sticks and stuff, and I was just like, it was like being with a movie star. I mean, she was the most beautiful person um and so yeah i don't know i don't know why i was thinking about that yeah barbara eden was on like like a really really young uh like early episode of andy griffith so okay yeah, yeah that was, i can't that was imagine
0: a... <laughs> i could imagine that they shut mayberry down after that after she left they were like well what the f- i don't know what the fuck we're doing we thought we were do. doing like a wholesome way of american life here but it's been it's been a lie
1: yeah. like,
0: we'll never achieve anything we're out
1: so Ron no, Howard <clears throat> never makes any movies. <laughs> <laughs> there's no question. That was just it was I don't know. As I was writing stuff down, I thought I'll throw that in there. So
0: I, I assume this episode was in black and white. Oh yeah. I mean, there's something. Uh, this is I don't know if this is creepy or not creepy, but there's something very exciting to me about the idea of Barbara Eden in black and white.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. I mean, it's like classic. And somewhere along the way, I found like maybe it was like a tweet or somebody. Somebody actually said just like after I wrote this question, they were like, just want to let everybody know that the episode of, of uh, Andy Griffith that Barbara Eden was on is on right now. Oh. And I was like, holy shit. So this is like it made a real splash for some people. Yeah,
0: yeah I can imagine that.
1: Uh, OK, you're going to ask me something equally stupid as that one.
0: Uh, well, the next one in my list is which is the best Metallica record?
1: Hmm. Master of Puppets. I mean, I love Ride the Lightning yeah. and I love Kill Them All, but I think Master of Puppets. I mean, it's it's an absolute. It's a masterpiece, I think. And it came out. I just read it came out like 35 years ago this week or something. Yeah. Ah, uh, it. Yeah, I gotta go
2: with Master Puppets. What about you? I don't think I have super strong feelings
0: about each record. I think of that era of Metallica as one thing, and then there's an era of Metallica that is, I, I don't give a f- Like, I just don't care about it at all. Okay. So it's- I don't have- I don't have one choice.
1: It's, I, don't, ha- I, I don't, don't have a strong feeling. I don't think that it's an accident that the three best Metallica records were the ones that Cliff Burton played on. Like his influence in the sound and the direction of the band, but also Dave Mustaine. I think Dave Mustaine had huge influence on uh, Kill em All. And then as soon as they were done recording, they kicked him out and hired Kirk or something. I, I think that's how that went.
0: I, yeah, it's but possible I hate that, Megadeth. I, that, I hate Megadeth. Oh, Megadeth but, is terrible. Uh, but it's possible that Dave and Cliff were like and, like douchebag repellent, and so they didn't let the band <laughs> slide into like that phase of Metallica <laughs> where they're in love with the smell of their own farts. Uh-huh. That's just my trenchant music criticism analysis.
1: That's <laughs> perfect. It's a really good visual. Um, okay. Uh, you... Excuse me. sorry. I got like still dealing with this cold and got like a little bit of a runny nose and a cough. And I can't cough because my body is wrecked with pain. So forgive the occasional sniffles. Uh, you're not you're not. You are in an unfortunate situation where you are forced to consider cannibalism to survive. Do you eat a baby or do you eat an old person? There's only one right answer.
0: Eh, it's the old person.
1: No, it's the baby. <laughs> it's not. You eat the baby because babies are tender and delicious. I think that old people probably would have like a ton of toxins in their in their uh, cells. I,
0: look, I don't want to eat the old person, but I also don't want to be a cannibal. I think it's like the what's the lesser of the evils. I agree that the baby would be more delicious.
1: I <laughs> feel. We we this uh, terrible bike packing trip I went on into the mythical state of Jefferson I've talked about it on this show before. Um, we were all deciding you know when we were like two days late to getting back to civilization and we were kind of thinking like we we're gonna die out here like it was it was pretty yep. sketchy. Wait, we, 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 it wasn't that bad, but we were thinking we were probably we were in pretty bad shape. I mean it was it was scary but then we all started talking about who we were going to eat first. Yeah. And uh Daniel Wakefield Paisley was everybody's pick. We we all felt like he probably tasted like butter. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you'd eat an old person. I would I'd would eat a baby. Uh, I d- I definitely thought you'd pick a baby.
0: I wanted I mean if you ask me which one do I want to eat, it would be the baby. But what which one would I eat? It would be probably the old person cuz they've had they've had their they've had their time.
1: Well, they're dead. You're not eating them alive. And I don't think... I wasn't even considering the fact that you were going to... I wasn't considering that you were going to have to end the person's life in order to eat them.
0: Oh, if they're dead of their own accord. Like, if they're dead independent of me, then, yeah, the baby is the obvious answer.
1: I was thinking about that movie, Alive, about the soccer team that crashed up. There were a plane crash in the Andes, and they had to resort to cannibalism. So they were eating bodies that were already perished.
0: Ah, Okay i i witnessed my children my sons who i raised to be good uh citizens of the planet earth have a, an actual argument that verged on physical violence about whether one of them could kick a field goal <laughs> with a baby <laughs> <laughs> One of them was insistent they could kick a baby through a field goal. And the other one was really pissed off that they would think. I mean, it went on and on. Like I interjected Uh, a few times to be like, hey, guys, like maybe we should just take the temperature (laughs) down on this one.
2: (laughs)
1: Uh, You you know, you and Brittany tried. You did. You did your best. Uh, Apparently, this ship has sailed and, and you've. You've raised a couple of sociopaths. You, d- you did your best.
2: Well, you
0: know, it's sort of like the content warning on our show. I just assume that the kids uh, intuited the content warning, like, you should put all this through a filter. And they were like, <laughs> no, this is an ideology.
1: <laughs> uh, God damn it. That all hurts. right. Okay. Well, Lance
0: Mountain. Lance Mountain was a better skater than John Cardiel. True or false?
1: Uh, I, you know, I'm gonna go with the like. There's you can't grade or gauge a skateboarder. There's no best skateboarder. There's not one skateboarder. There are skateboarders who have you know. I mean, in professional, like everybody's a better skateboarder than I am. The bulldog that you see on the internet who grabs a board and runs away and skates down the hill. Like, <laughs> he, that dog is a better skateboarder than I am. <clears throat> but in terms of, like, professional, you know, professionals, people who yeah. have that extra something, that extra flair. Um, somewhere I read in an interview forever ago, and I really liked this analogy. They said, it's like saying, like, it's like saying, who, who's a better painter? Who's the best painter? There's not, it's, it's all subjective. And it's okay. all... You know, skateboarding is a creative endeavor. In your subjective
0: opinion, was Lance Mountain better than John Cardiel? This is an opinion. This isn't.
2: We're we're not um, sending anyone an award. Hmm.
1: John Cardiel was a better skateboarder. Is a better skateboarder than Lance Mountain, but Lance Mountain. I favor Lance Mountain over John Cardiel.
2: I, I, ex- I think I accept your answer.
0: I'm not yeah. going to do the thing where I browbeat you until you give the answer that I want you to give. All right, your turn.
1: I, I wouldn't ever say that John Cardiel is a... I, I mean, he's favored. Lance just has always been my favorite since I was a kid, you know? And, yeah. and Cardiel is awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Everything is... He's awesome. Yes. Um, but I just, you know, the way that Lance Gates... Suits my, suits my, uh, idea of what cool skateboarding is better. And I like his personality and I like his, I don't know, I just like who he is as a person. All of it. It just suits, suits me.
0: They are both, um, physical prodigies and creative geniuses.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Either you... I'm gonna. It's gonna be hard. I, this wrote. I wrote this down in such chicken scratch. I don't know. It's not gonna come out. I'll have to probably say it a couple different ways. But either you and and your wife Brittany are homeless for the rest of your lives, but your sons are guaranteed to have safe and secure homes for the rest of theirs, or you and Brittany can have safe and secure homes, but the exchange is that your sons will be homeless for the rest of theirs. Do you and Brittany make that sacrifice? Yeah, in a heartbeat. And you're living in a refrigerator box.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, uh, there's all sorts of obvious uh, ways to parse this. I think the best and truest way—and I won't speak for my wife here—but speaking for myself, a refrigerator box is pretty close to my level.
1: <laughs> being homeless would be something like being truly. Oh, it's a misery. Would be such a bummer. It,
0: it's a misery, and it's an everyday sort of. Yeah, let's not reduce homelessness to a joke. Uh, but. Yeah, that is terrible. But that's what you would do for your kids. You would just do that for your kids. Sure you would. If it was either think, or.
1: Yeah, then you're thinking, like, in this, in this scenario, you're thinking, I imagine you and Brittany, uh, every day is, is sort of a struggle for survival, and <clears throat> the possessions that you own are what you can carry on your back, essentially. And meanwhile, your kids, be have <laughs> raised and loved and nurtured... They have these great, comfortable lives and don't offer you any assistance, you know, which isn't a realistic scenario. But I was kind of laughing to myself like, oh, John and Brittany are, you know, like cold and miserable and living outside. And their kids are like, Ah, oh, cool. Thanks, mom and dad. But never inviting you over. Yeah. They're like, oh,
0: it's too bad you're homeless. This new Xbox is dope. Um I mean, I I often not to be smarmy, cheesy, corny, but I often like, you know, life um, has its anxieties and its challenges. And I often say to Brittany, hey, if we're together, everything's fine. Yeah. Um, And so maybe I would find out that's wrong. if We were homeless (laughs) every day. (laughs) As long as we're together and have cable television, we'll be fine.
1: Fair enough. Uh, okay, uh, your turn.
0: If you had a pet hamster, would you make little clothes for it, and what would you name it?
1: I wouldn't make little clothes for it because I don't think that it would be very happy wearing clothes. Uh, but I would probably name it,
2: um, Jeffrey.
1: Yeah, I'd name it Jeffrey.
2: Interesting. I would. There was a little bit of a. I was.
0: Um, a few episodes ago, the, would you rather ended up with you having a cat living on your head (laughs) and you had named the cat Steve so that when people (laughs) said Steve, they weren't sure who they were talking to. Uh So I wondered if you would call the hamster Steve. And I also wondered if you would object to keeping a rodent as a pet.
1: I wouldn't Uh, No.
0: You wouldn't have a rodent as a pet.
1: No, I wouldn't object to having a, a rodent as a, as a pet. Because they're I mean, the hamsters, cute, right? Yeah, hamsters are super cute. The gerbils yeah. are cute, and guinea pigs are cute. All little fuzzy animals that I think are cute. I would like to. I'm I'm cool with all of them. Yeah. Um. Okay. <clears throat> I am going to do a quick, quick, rapid fire because we're looking at oh, we're closing in on an hour. This yeah, is just gotta, word association. Yeah. <laughs> oh, real quick though, I mentioned yeah. bath salts in the in the sixty. What episode just came out today?
0: 68?
1: Really? Are we 60, only one ahead? No, 67. 67. Yeah. So I mentioned bath salts, but it's Dr. Teal's ginger and clay bath salt, and it is unbelievable. So I wanted to throw that in there real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah. Word association. And we don't need any explanation or anything. It's just the thing I'm that comes to your I'm just saying the word head, that assumes, comes to mind when you say something. Word, scenario, uh, whatever, feeling. Yep. Coffee.
2: Life's blood. Boobs. Delightful. Fire hydrant. Uh, piss. Plexiglass. Painful. Shotgun. Beer. Joe Rogan. Idiot. Wrist rocket. Broken window. Lincoln Continental. Dead body. French fries Ketchup. Black Eyes Hurt Neckties Cuba Cherry Pies Delicious Heaving Sighs <laughs> Uh Breasts <laughs> <laughs> Thunder Thighs Um Lubrication Killdozer. Underrated. Sock Monkeys. Oh, delightful. Lip Smacker. Lip Smacker? Yeah. Um, face Smacker. Balloon Animals. Art. Ed Gein. Oh. Tattoo. Whoa.
1: Ew.
0: I don't know. It just came out. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I'm trying not to think.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, your turn.
0: Whew. Whew. That was. I, all I want to say about that is that you said balloon animal and I said delightful, which is the same thing I said about
1: boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it I'm is not what proud it of that. Is.
0: I'm not proud of that. Maybe they. I think they both are delightful. Um, current band you would most like to have play at your birthday party?
1: Oh, well, I would have uh, Rocket from the Crypt play, of course. Yeah, that's, that was a dumb question. No brainer. <clears throat> I would. It'd be like Jeff Spicoli when he saved Brooke Shields from drowning and spent the reward money on getting Van Halen to play his birthday party. Yeah. That's what I would do. If I got a bunch of money, I would have them play at my birthday party in a fucking heartbeat and it would yeah. be great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, this is the internet question, and it's kind of a would you rather? Kind of. Should but this not really. be the
0: last question?
1: I don't know. I mean, right. sure. We're yeah. at an hour.
2: Yeah.
1: $10 million right now in your hand, but there's a catch. A snail is chasing you for the rest of your life. And if it touches you, <laughs> you die a terrible death. The snail cannot be killed. It knows your location at all times. <laughs> its only purpose is to find you and kill you. Do you take the money?
2: Um. Wow. I don't, you, uh, this is a disappointing answer, but
0: I don't want $10 million. No? No. It's just a,
1: it's just a snail. I know. So. Uh, You'd be yeah, on the run for for the rest of your life but also like it, how long do you think it would take a snail to get across country
0: yeah right well i mean the thing is you've only got ever got to be sort of eight to ten hours ahead of the snail <laughs> which might just be like going up the stairs in your house if you have <laughs> stairs in your house right but having to think about the snail I don't know. It's, I mean, we, we, we have done a bunch of would you rather's. like, would you rather get, um, uh, punched in the junk as you drift off to sleep every night or get pissed in the face when you wake up every morning and you were like, oh, I don't want to deal with this dread. And I feel like
1: <laughs> I know, trying it to make sleep, any sense.
0: trying to sleep with the murder snail,
1: knowing the murder same- snail is somewhere in the, on the planet. Yeah, like that
0: idea never lets you go. And so, like, the murder snail touches you and suddenly you're burnt at the stake while being impaled uh, rectally. Like, I don't... Is that worth 10 million bucks? And probably, I mean, the other piece there is I probably blow 10 million bucks i probably make some mistakes with that.
1: Trying to build some snail-proof fortress. That's what <laughs> that's I would do. I, I was like, oh, you build a castle with a moat that's salt water so the snail couldn't get to you. You know Is what I mean? Like, Is
0: that cheating? But then you said you couldn't kill the snail. That was one of the conditions.
1: It, you couldn't. You couldn't. And also, like, the snail could potentially climb onto a bird. And then the bird flies <laughs> and drops the snail into your castle. That happens you know? a
0: lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no. But, and I was also thinking like, yeah, okay. So that you see the snail and you're in San Diego and you're like, ah, oh, fuck this. And you go to New York city and you're like later snail, I'm not going to see you for a super long time, but the snail climbs onto a train and then, you <laughs> know, rides across country and then is at your door in two days. That's right. I don't know. I mean, I do like the idea of $10 million, but I think I probably, I think I probably previously, I was thinking I would definitely take the money, but I, I agree with you. I think it would be kind of a drag.
0: I mean, this is like a core human thing. Like we invented zombies because, uh, zombies embody this anxiety that danger is coming and it's never stopping. Like, of course you can outrun a zombie, but for how long? Like what right. if it just cha- Like invent- all zombie movies end with eaten brains.
1: Yeah, and they—they're but they're just so lumbering, you know. Like I feel like, I don't know. I like I, the I find snail a lot of, idea. There's a lot of holes in the plot in the zombie plot. Yeah. Uh, so was that? Do you have a would you rather? Do you have? Um, or was that it? Kind of hard to transition out of this greatness. I have one,
0: uh, which is. And then we can wrap up. Uh, mine, okay. mine, I have a few more in my list, but I think...
1: Oh, well, you know, we don't have to. We can save the would-you-rathers for another time, but I just don't have any more questions. I don't think I, don't think I have anything else written down.
0: Well, let's, finish, let's just finish with this one last would-you-rather. Would you rather never be able
2: to pick your nose again or never be able to high-five?
1: Pooh. do you like high-fiving? I'd probably, I'd probably go. I would rather, I'd rather be able to pick my nose. So I mean, you, I don't pick my nose a great deal, but I would assume that would also include scratching. And if you have ever had an itch inside of your nostril, it is the idea of not being able to scratch an itch inside of your nostril.
0: Have I ever not probably, had an itch inside me, my nostril?
1: That would make me have way more itchy nostrils, knowing that I couldn't couldn't get in there to take care of it. Yeah,
0: I, A good and nose pick, a good like. You know, you get a a dry, a dry.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you get stuff up in there that you can't blow out. Yeah. I don't, you know, I mean, not, yeah, I'm not like a regular nose picker, but I would, and I can do without high fives. I like high fives. I think they're kind of funny and stupid.
0: Yeah. I'm also not an avid nose picker, but I, I think I want to keep the options open.
1: Yeah. I probably, I, I high five way more than I pick my nose. That's for sure. Yeah. but I'd be willing to give up high fives. Oh, we did a really good job today. Oh, we just <laughs> probably, that was probably in, uh, <laughs> when I
0: envision us accepting an award, it was probably for this. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. Thanks for listening to revolting. If you liked it, subscribe to the cycling independent. That's pretty much the only way we get paid aside from Shimano, thankfully, which we already brought up. Um, and Shimano, they they could have brought uh bought us donuts and coffee for this episode episode. So those guys are cool. Uh, maybe you should be cool like them, bros. <laughs> On behalf of Cycling Independent and Revolting, I'm Steve. I'm Robo. Thanks for listening.